You know, what I've learned in life is leave when you say this night could not have, could not get any better. <laughs> that is when you We're leave. We're done. That is it really, really, because it's like that you've, you've peaked. It is not, because you're probably right. It's not going to get any better. <laughs> Ensuring safety, accountability, and awareness during a night out. National Student Leadership Council member for SAD, Haley Sandstrom, joins a podcast to discuss how important it really is to have a high quality network of friends who support you. So, let's do it. Too many days in the darkness Without a glimpse of the light Running tired and broken and scared But I swear I'll never give up the fight I see you broken and beat Head pulled down over your eyes Every part of you wants to surrender Darling, you were meant to survive With I think of health and safety, especially on like a college campus or a high school campus, right? I mean, I think I lean more towards the safety route, which how many situations can someone be in, in the, at that age that are potentially unsafe? And I got to think being out, even at the college bar, especially at the college party, like a house party, I don't want to make any generalizations, but extremely at the frat parties, you know? Um, what are some scenarios that you've seen you help work on to encourage people to be safe in a lot of those scenarios where the time's running out, it's, it's approaching 2 a.m., 2.30 a.m., people are filing out, maybe going to the next spot to where you try to have people be reflective of what could happen? Yeah, so I actually live like really close to a college campus. So I am constantly seeing that scene lay out every weekend, time and time again. And I was raised in a household where my mom always told me, like, if you get into a situation where you need help or you need someone, you can call me. And I think that's what a lot of people need to reflect on is, like, no matter what situation you found yourself in, there's someone who is willing to come and help you no matter how late it is or how much trouble you think you're going to be in for partaking in whatever activities you decided to partake in. Um, so I think people need to take time to step back and reflect on there is someone in my corner and there's someone here who will come and pick me up and get me to safety. And that's a lot of what like SAD is trying to preach is that you, we try to steer you away from making these decisions, but at the end of the day, some people are going to make the decisions that put them in these risky situations. So we just try to let people know that there's always someone there, whether it's your friend who's sitting at home studying, or it's your mom, or it's an advisor, or a teacher, or someone, someone is there for you. And a lot of those times, though, with alcohol being involved, those judgments obviously get um, <laughs> diluted, to say, the, <laughs> to say the least. Um, what is it about, say it's 
say you're out with your friends or say you're out with your your girlfriends it's getting late you're in that situation you're getting pressure from multiple different peer groups of like oh come here stay here you know let's have another drink some of your girls want to head home some want to stay really like what would you say your dynamic is or your approach if you're speaking with a with a group of college and high school students about this and they're in that situation what is your really your your direct response to them would be of like all right this is like almost like a play-by-play even though those situations and decisions happen so quickly because i gotta think the way that those relationships are built are probably gonna decide who does what and who goes where you know if you are tight-knit you're all gonna stay together you go out together you come home together you hear that a lot but that obviously doesn't always happen and if there's six of you out one or two are probably gonna strike along with maybe another crowd or things like this so really like from a safety concern because at that point you're facing drinking and driving or getting in the car with somebody because a lot of times we think drinking and driving is you drinking and driving but the decision is just as you're getting who you getting in the car with is just as important as am i going to be the one drinking and driving what would you really kind of say of like you're in that situation how do you end the night on a very good note so the thing about this dynamic is it's so hard to talk peer to peer to someone because you're thinking the whole time if i tell them i'm not comfortable with this does this strain our friendship is Mm -hmm. this going to change things between how we interact with each other because if you do have you have some friends they might take it as that you're no fun and you don't want to be out here when you're really just trying to make a safe decision so the best thing to do before any night out is to discuss a plan. Like we need to be back all together at this time. Um, Don't split up obviously, but we need to be ready to go back at this time. And I know as you're drinking, things are going to start to elongate and you're going to be like, well, an hour longer isn't going to hurt us. So always have someone there who is in a right mindset to make decisions, rational decisions for everyone. Obviously somewhere there, someone to drive you around um, safely because even if you think you're okay, you're not okay. There are other people on the road, I promise, that are not okay. So you need to be 100% ready to be out there and take on any challenges on the road. So I would discuss a plan first and then ask someone, hey, can we reach out to you? Or will you come with us and be there for us to take us somewhere? And then the hard part comes in of actually telling your friends, we need to end the night here. And it's just an uncomfortable conversation that no one really wants to have. I know personally, I have been out with my friends and not like drinking or anything. So I don't know if it necessarily relates, but it's been getting late we're all teen drivers. And I'm like, well, we need to go. It's late. We live in the mountains. So getting around these curvy roads are insanely dangerous. And my friends will be like, well, we can stay out here for a couple more hours, blah, blah, blah. So that's whenever you have to sit down and be like, 
I'm not comfortable with this situation. I need someone who is comfortable with leaving um, and going home with me. So you just have to sit down and tell them that this situation is uncomfortable and you're not ready to be in this situation and try to explain to them why this situation isn't a good one for them to be in either. Because there is no reason for you to be leaving two hours earlier and walking down a nasty alley and running into some creepy guy who wants to talk to you. And then them running into the same guy whenever y'all split up later. So my biggest advice is to discuss everything while everyone's in their right mind and can have the discussion and then continue to have that uncomfortable conversation throughout the day where you say, hey, just remember, it's getting close to closing time. We have to go. Yeah, because from a, I would say from a, a guy standpoint, standpoint of view, especially my experience growing up and going through high school and college, there was like, we never, from our side, I don't think we've ever had to have like that because we were always like, okay, if we go out, no matter what happens, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the night, the biggest thing you have to avoid is the drinking and driving, right? From being a teen girl and especially being a young woman into their 20s too, like that element of being around drunk guys, I feel like adds to you the dangers and your personal safety as well, being yeah. out that late with that type of element out that you guys have to have a, a second plan for that too. Not only how to get home, but also like, what if there's a your creepy guy around or somebody's getting talked in, one of your friends is getting talked into then going to a late night party at like a frat house or something where you just know it's probably not in your like complete best interest. So like those, discussions are so important beforehand because when you start drinking or people become under the influence of not even like substances and alcohol, but the influences of others, you know, you get into a nice flirtatious conversation. It's very easy to then be persuaded into doing things that you swore you wouldn't do like three hours ago, you know? So it's very easy to get into that. So what are some like, factors you would say you are looking at during a night out with people to ensure that like that type of stuff doesn't happen yeah so some factors i definitely look at like i said um the time i don't think that there's ever a specific time i think it's always play-by-play -play situations that oh well everyone's a little bit more tired and distracted so we should go home earlier tonight so i think you always just need to analyze every situation you're in constantly to be on the lookout for things that could be big red flags or a green flag so say if you're of drinking age and you are out at a party um at your frat party it reaches 1 a.m but everyone's still having a lot of fun and no one's really too crazy or anything, I probably wouldn't pull my friends away to be like, okay, things have to end because we said our curfew was one o'clock. A lot of a lot of <laughs> friends do that though. <laughs> <laughs> they do. It causes a huge stir. <laughs> I would be like, okay, we're good for a little longer, unless someone else in the group said, but we decided on this and they were uncomfortable. 
that's whenever you think back, well, we just did to say that. And if there were people that some friends could stay with that are close, comfortable friends, that is another thing. Like we could split up. I probably wouldn't leave them with just like one other person ever. I'd always make sure you're in a group just in case though they do stay out later and things escalate. It's not just the two of them. And because when you're in a group, it's harder to be targeted by anyone um, if you went out. So with like two people, you need to still watch your surroundings just as much. Um, So yeah, I think it's just play-by-play situations. There's so many factors that go into everything, whether it's time, whether it's like how many people are there, discussions you've had before. I think that someone needs to be ready to analyze every situation that could possibly happen and think what is the best outcome and how do we get to that better outcome. You know, I've learned in life is leave when you say this night could not have, could not get any better. (laughs) That is when you leave. We're done. That is really, really, because it's like that you've, you've peaked. It is not because you're probably right. It's not going to get any better. And it's going to be all downhill. And like the longer you stay in, like, it's almost like, you know, you want to call that person. um, I forget the, the name it's just like teasing him that they're like too hardcore on like oh no we said two o'clock we're leaving at two o'clock that friend is holding the line mm-hmm. of the agreement and the rules because if if not then you really you might as well not have made anything you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and that friend too is you I mean you're ending on a good note because a lot of times people wait until it becomes a bad night to leave you know they do they they wait until somebody gets like way too um they intake too much than they should have if they're over 21 or if they're out in college and they're underage at like some some party underage drinking they wait way too long to get everyone back and then the next day you look back and you go okay well we we said two o'clock and it was 3 30 by the time we left so it's not a big surprise that like Mm -hmm. you know yeah you ended up having some some problems so i mean it's almost like you got to give kudos to those people for holding the line there because then you you do but that has been my rule of thumb with anything like even any type of social encounter leaving (laughs) once you've really had a an amazing time because it's probably not going to get any better and that's okay you know there's there's that's why there's more weekends and more times to hang (laughs) out because it's going to be all right um because if you stay just gonna not going to be as good and you get out of there before everybody else because the when you stay the longer you stay really like the the different elements start to come out that are usually not you know um ideal for most people mm-hmm. you know the longer you stay out because like the three four five amers how many of them are gonna be relatable to how you live your life you know what i'm saying yeah. um especially if you're doing that all that more on a frequent basis, I guess. Yeah, I think I agree with wherever, you know, once you hit that high, just let it go. (laughs) Just go ahead and head home and get some sleep. You're tired. (laughs) I know you're tired. (laughs) The longer the night goes on, the less control I feel like you end up having over how your night's going to be because you're more susceptible to losing some 
you know, some of your friends, your friends become uh, a little lost. And you always have that one friend that you really need to put on, like uh, have a balloon and like a bell on them, <laughs> you know, especially because they're going to get lost easily. They're very susceptible to influence and people who are susceptible to influence too, it's usually not the good influence that like, no. you know, is going to grab them and being in a friendship friendships out is like one of the most important things I feel like, because that's your safety net. That's your guardrail. You all look after each other, especially um, a lot of the, uh, anytime you hear of something on the news happening to like, um, like a, a young woman in college or in, or in high school, there's, it's almost always, if you were to go into that story of really what happened, that friend group somehow throughout the night, like there was a decay someplace, um, where somebody was lost. Somebody wasn't holding the line of really like where, where they started the night with, mm -hmm. you know, which is sad and not their fault and not like the, obviously not like the victim's fault or anything, but it's almost like you have to have an added layer of protection, which is you guys and holding each other accountable, but also like knowing, knowing limits and knowing your friends, knowing <laughs> your friends when, because everyone knows the person who likes to drive buzzed. So it's almost like, all right, if we know that already, right? We know that they kind of like to teetle the, teeter the lines a little bit. It's like, well, we know we're going to start getting ready to go. So somebody has to be the volunteer now to step up and either drive or call an Uber already. Because mm -hmm. if you start talking about, oh, well, let's get an Uber. Guess what? The person who wants to drive is going to completely volunteer on driving. And you have a lot of people who will then go, oh, well, no, he says he's good. Let's go. Because people love to follow. And as long as they have that confidence from somebody else saying they're good, they'll happily get into the car with them. I've definitely learned that, especially some people won't, will be smart enough to not get in the back, will not drive, but they are not smart enough to n not get in the back seat, which is almost worse than drinking and driving because in drinking and driving accidents, most of the time, it's not the driver who dies. It's yeah. the, the passengers. And there's a real good explanation for that because when they're about to crash into something, their last second is to swerve away from their point of view, which is then crashing other parts of the car into whether it's a tree. Most of the time, it's another vehicle. And that's why people end up getting killed, especially when people are drinking. They're usually not buckled up in the back seat, And there's usually like, it looks like a clown car because there's like eight people in the SUV. You know, that's like the biggest... <laughs> The biggest uh, notice of her, um, able to notice that the person, that group of people is drinking is when a car pulls up. It's like an SUV that fits like maybe five and like nine people, ten people get out. <laughs> they have the loudest music ever going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just like screaming, DUI, DUI, <laughs> DUI. Um, it's, it's absolutely crazy. But, you know, those people in the back seats, they have no idea that they're making themselves so susceptible to just anything that this person wants to drive with. So like having the, the friends I've, when I was going through school, it was as like a guy, you can really kind of like get around by yourself. It's not too much of a 
not too many threats except like the drinking and driving and so yeah. and the peer pressure obviously of the drug use yeah but i saw that like with women they really really have to be careful because you like a guy will do if if they end up doing drugs like worst case scenario i mean they're gonna i mean avoiding the overdose talk and all that but like yeah they're gonna pass out they're gonna get sick people maybe make fun of them and so forth for that but like they're going to be, they're probably going to be fine with some sleep, but young girl, young woman ends up, you know, having too much. If her friends aren't there, there's a whole nother beast, a whole nother element that they have to like be careful of and cognizant of. So like as friend groups, are you, are you guys at SAD able to kind of like teach that? Like, is there a model that you guys have developed of like rules and expectations that go a little bit deeper in establishing different dynamics within the relationship that hold? Yeah. The greatest thing about SAD is that it's youth run for the youth. So whenever you see something on SAD social media or um, a SAD announcement or at any of these SAD conferences, it was made by these kids who are 14, 15, 18, 19, you know, so on, so forth, talking from their perspectives to people who are their age or a little bit younger, a little bit older. And you get to hear firsthand how these things can affect people. And it's such a, it's so, it's hard because you'll hear these awful stories, but sometimes you have to hear these awful stories to really take in how, like the gravity of a situation. So, sad like a model for how to talk to these people it's so hard to have a set thing because everything varies so much and it's so different by person and person and circumstances and just what's happening in that moment but sad teaches us as students in this organization one of the first things we learned is like to have the confidence in this situation. So you have to be that person who can stand up with confidence and say, no, we can't do this. Because if you cower down to the person who is saying, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, everyone else is going to be like, well, they're confident in their driving. They can go. You have to show that you're confident that, that they're not going yeah. to make it. And it. And sometimes you have to be able to point out, it is not just – they – no one is a good drunk driver. You might think you're great, but you're not. But even if you are one of the better drunk drivers, which is still bad, there's so many circumstances and instances that are happen happening outside of just you driving. There's other drunk drivers on the road, most likely. There's the loud music in your car. There's a million people in your car talking, screaming, yelling. Whenever I'm driving, sober as can be in broad daylight and my friends are too loud and the music is too loud it stresses me out so you can only imagine the power that those loud voices and the loud music and the bright lights have on someone who is not fully in that right headspace so the biggest thing is just have the confidence to say no and it's so hard i've been in situations where People will offer you things and you have to be like, no, and it has to be strong and it has to be stern. You have to overcome what other people are trying to 
do because someone who is drunk or not in the right headspace in any way, they are going to have confidence. They are 100%. Oh, it breeds you confidence. Yeah. Drinking and especially drugs, it breeds you confidence. They are so ready to take on anything. And you just have to say that you know they're wrong and you have to have more confidence than they do. Yeah, and they're definitely... The, the good thing to think about, though, is that knowing that they're going to be very argumentative, but knowing that the next day you're a winner in that argument because mm -hmm. you they're probably a not even gonna remember and b everyone's safe you, yeah everyone's safe but you also have the the sheer evidence like yeah dude i stopped you from driving you tried to drive mm -hmm. i stopped it because of whatever and like they're not gonna be mad it's just they're mad at the time because you're probably they're probably feeling like you're making them look bad so i yeah. um that's a good point that you had and i um i appreciate everything that you um, bring into the table with us today. You know, that's amazing stuff on how to, you know, maintain a level of safety on campus because like so much stuff happens as a teen and in college that, you know, can be destructive based off of their own decisions. But there's so much other, there's so many more that could have happened, you know? Exactly. Thank you um, for, for everything Haley and hopefully we can link up down the road and <laughs> chat a little bit more about um about what you guys are being able to implement and being proactive with it because that's really I guess what it's all about absolutely yeah